Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. In a historic case, the Supreme Court unanimously strikes down the so-called de minimis standard for religious accommodation in the workplace. We're going to talk about the significance of this ruling next on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. You know, it's amazing. This was a 9-0 to ruling, which I, you know, after our 9-0 to ruling with the Christian flag, I never expected to see another one because, you know, there's a different court in right now. But the court ruled 9-0 to in favor of this former post postal carrier who was forced to quit his job at the postal service because because as according to his Christian faith he could not work on Sundays and then they eventually said well it's too much of a burden you're you're you know we can't do that for you anymore I think the reason why the court ruled 9 to 0 is because interestingly by the time it got to the Supreme Court the plaintiffs in this case representing uh, the worker and the government both agreed that the de minimis standard, we're going to talk about that in a minute, was not workable mm -hmm. and was not part of Title VII. So there was really very little controversy about that by the time it got to the United States Supreme Court. But this right. had been in existence going back to 1977. In fact, this case uh, involving a U.S. postal worker involved an individual who wanted to have off on Sunday and had been able to have Sunday off and accommodated as his uh, time of worship according to his Christian faith and values. But then uh, the Amazon company wanted the Postal Service to do Sunday deliveries, and so they changed their practice, and they said everybody has to work on Sundays. So they told this man, you have to work on Sundays, and Gerald Groff said, no, I can't do that. So he was forced to quit, and then he filed suit against uh, the government, the mm -hmm. U.S. Postal Service, and the case ended up at the U.S. Supreme Court. The real issue in the case was whether the court should overrule its previous 1977 undue burden de minimis standard from the case known as Transworld Airlines versus Hardison. And what happened in this case is, if you think of Title VII, Title VII was enacted by Congress in 1964. So it's the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It has an employment provision. And in that Title VII, it says that you can't discriminate in the workplace on the basis of race, sex, or religion. But it also requires that an employer reasonably accommodate an employee's practice of religion, right? Right. But so what happened was that in 1977, you had the decades of the 70s court mm. that was anti-faith, anti-freedom, anti-life. And this case happened to come up during that time. And mm. so you had a person, Hardison, working with Transworld Airlines, claiming that he was um, violated because they discriminated against him on the basis of his, of his faith. And then the Supreme Court created this new rule. And they said, yes, while an employer, once being apprised of someone's sincerely held religious belief, needs to try to accommodate that person, take reasonable efforts to accommodate them, in the case of religion, not race or sex, mm -hmm. but in the case of religion specifically, the employer can overcome that burden by showing that 
to do so, to accommodate this person, would be an undue hardship, an undue burden. So how do they prove that? They could prove that by saying that they have to engage in, quote, de minimis expenditures. De minimis means minimal, virtually non-existent expenditures. So in other words, if an employer, with regards to religion, says, um, I can accommodate you because to do so, I would have to spend minimal amounts of money, minimal amounts of money. Then the employer wins and the employee loses. And so you can see what happened here. The Supreme Court in 1977 in the TWA versus Hardison case really weakened the protections for employees in the workplace under Title VII and separated it out almost like an orphan from the other provisions. That's discrimination. Because that de minimis standard that the court required and uh, re, you know created was not part of Title VII. Right. So if you were to put that in the context of, say, race or sex, the people that would be bringing racial or discrimination claims based upon sex, if they could uh, overcome those cases by a de minimis standard, most of those cases would not go anywhere. So what you have is three different provisions, race, sex, and religion. They're all on the same plane in terms of protection against religious discrimination, race mm -hmm. discrimination, sex discrimination in the workplace. The employer has to be apprised of the issue. Then the employer has to take a reasonable accommodation. But, oh, wait, if it's religion, the employer can win by showing that they have to incur just a de minimis kind of effort. Mm, and so in this case, the lower courts relied upon as they had to, the Transworld Airline precedent, because they're bound by the prior Supreme Court's decision going back to 1977. But in Gerald Gross' case, I mean, he, he was willing to work extra shifts. He was just asking for Sundays off because he believes it's day of worship and rest. So it's a postal service. It's not like there's not any other employees that could fill in on Sundays. But see, the postal service won below by saying that, well, yeah, he's requesting and he's willing to work other shifts and so forth and so on, but we need him to work on Sunday mm -hmm. and it would possibly require us to engage in some minimal expenditures. So we win, the employee loses, and that's how it ultimately reached the United States Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. So now um, Judge Alito uh, wrote in this case, Quote, we hold that showing more than a de minimis cost, as that phrase is used in common parlance, does not suffice to establish undue hardship under Title VII. Hardison cannot be reduced to that one phrase. In describing an employer's undue hardship defense, Hardison referred repeatedly to substantial burdens, and that formulation better explains the decision. We therefore, like the parties understand Hardison to mean that undue hardship is shown when a burden is substantial in the overall context of an employer's business. Right. It, the court also wrote, an employer who fails to provide an accommodation has a defense only if the hardship is, quote-unquote, undue, and a hardship that is attributable to employee animosity to a particular religion, to religion in general, or to the very notion of accommodating religious practice cannot be considered undue. Yeah, and it goes on to say, you know, if uh, bias or hostility to a religious practice or religious accommodation provided a defense 
to a reasonable accommodation claim, Title VII would be at war with itself. Mm. Title VII requires that an employer reasonably accommodate an employer's practice of religion, not merely that it assess the reasonableness of a particular possible accommodation or accommodations. We filed an amicus brief in this case. We highlighted some of the uh, problems that this uh, de minimis standard has caused, say, for example, in the uh, COVID shop mandate cases. And in fact, you know, in those cases, you have an employer that tells an employee you need to get the COVID shot. The employer says, I have a sincerely held religious belief to avoid that shot for various biblical reasons. The employer is supposed to undo, take a reasonable accommodation to accommodate that person. And in fact, that should be easy to prove in the mandate cases because up until the mandates, that's in fact what they were doing. They were doing it across the board with all of their employees, and that's how they were operating. Now all of a sudden they have this mandate. They ignored it, yeah. And they ignore religious accommodation requests. Well, they oftentimes were able to argue, well, TWA, 1977, de minimis standard, we win. Well, now no longer. So we have major cases involving mandate uh, cases involving employment that are now pending in California or in uh, various parts of the country, including California. We have also in Maine, New York, and many other places around the country in Florida. We will now be using this particular case uh, because the strengthening of Title VII is critically important for all of these cases. And now we just got a huge win at the United States Supreme Court. Good decision from the U.S. Supreme Court striking down and overturning the 1977 TWA versus Hardison decision. This will ultimately mean more religious freedom rights for employees in the workplace. So, for example, outside of the mandate cases, outside of the Sabbath cases, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, whatever day it might be, religious accommodation, you also have some of these LGBTQ policies that are being forced and coerced on employees, and employees can raise religious accommodation requests to many of those government or employment policies that are being forced on them. For more information, go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. That's lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org. The website again, lc.org.